As we have said before, we appreciate you visiting our website, and we ask that you open your Bible. James chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. James chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. That passage will introduce our subject. If you need to pause the recording and open your Bible to that place, that will be fine. James 4, 7 through 10. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Two words in this passage introduce our subject, cleanse and purify. Listen again. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. The word cleanse and the word purify bring to our attention the subject I want to address, spiritual hygiene. Every culture, region, and community maintains some sort of physical hygiene standard, but not all the same. In rural America back in the 30s, it might just be one bath a week. It wasn't uncommon in those days for everybody in the family to use the same bath water. I remember in my family, we didn't have soap from the store for a long time. We had to use that awful lye soap my grandmother made. In third world countries, hygiene standards are connected to whatever resources they are able to have. So in various places, parts of the world and back in time, there is a wide variety of hygiene standards with reference to physical hygiene. When it comes to spiritual hygiene, it doesn't matter where you are, who you are, in whatever time or culture, God has a standard of spiritual hygiene that must have our attention and our participation. James speaks to that. Cleanse your hands and purify your hearts. This has to have our attention and our participation. So my subject is spiritual hygiene. First, it always starts on the inside. Purify your hearts. One of the most interesting and insightful narratives of Jesus is that which Matthew recorded in Matthew chapter 23, where Jesus is exposing the sin of those men who sought his death, the scribes and the Pharisees. I commend to you that entire chapter. But here's the part I want to read now. Matthew 23, 25, and 26. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, 
that the outside also may be clean. In the Bible, spiritual hygiene isn't just cosmetic. We must be clean inside. It starts there, inside, in your mind. To just appear to be right, to look like a Christian, to talk like one, to associate with Christians, that's often just external, cosmetic, outward appearance. Jesus said, the cleanliness God seeks is from the inside out. It should raise the question, what am I before God inside? God isn't just looking for cosmetically correct Christians. He is looking for hearts directed to him, hearts where Christ lives. Do you remember this in 1 Samuel 16? God told Samuel, don't look at his appearance or how tall he is because I have rejected him. God does not see as humans see. Humans look at outward appearances, but the Lord looks into the heart. What does he see when he looks in my heart, in your heart? If I want to have clean hands, I'll have to have a pure heart first. If I want to really please God, I'll have to have his word in my mind, my thoughts, and then actively, outwardly in the way I live, the way I worship, and the way I treat people. Cosmetic Christianity isn't the standard of spiritual hygiene God expects. He wants our hearts. He wants to be in our minds. It says, purify your hearts. We step forward to be baptized to purify our hearts. Then after baptism, that imperative is what we live by, inner purity. Look at this from the devil's perspective. If you are not really a lover of God inside of you, just an actor, the devil is content for you to just continue to be an actor. If God isn't real to you, if Christ doesn't mean that much to you, if your involvement with the local church is just an outward participation, the devil is content for you to continue in that pretense, that cosmetic mode. He knows it doesn't really mean much to you inside. You remember this statement in Luke 10, 27, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Obey the gospel from the heart, then live as a Christian and be a Christian from the inside out. That's the spiritual hygiene God expects. So let's use the word purity and understand the purity we need comes from above and from above then inside us. I'm reading now in James 3, 13 to 18. Again, you can pause the recording and find that passage. James 3, 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you by his good conduct? Let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false 
to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. If I seek genuine wisdom, understanding, and purity in my life from the inside out, verse 17 says that all comes from above. That's from God. The Creator is the source of right living, spiritual hygiene, purity of heart and life. You know, as you read through the Bible and you become acquainted with God's standard, it is convicting. You find descriptions of bad behaviors, bad attitudes, and you know you're guilty. Various sins are cataloged and described in detail, and you know you have done or you are currently doing some of those things. There may be some temptation to just close the book and say, I'm a sinner, I can't meet that standard. Well, that's where Christ enters the picture. God doesn't just say, you are lost. God says, you are lost, but I've sent my son to save you. So hearing that good news, we respond in obedience to Christ. And in that response of faith that is active, God strengthens us to pursue purity by being nourished and clean through his word with his word open and being installed in my mind and my life, I am able to have more than just an outward appearance. I'm able to have a pure heart and clean hands. We cannot be pure on our own. We cannot order a spiritual cleanup kit from Amazon. There is one source, one book from God, and through our consistent use of what that book teaches, we are able to have the purity God expects of us. How thankful we should be for the Father, for the Son, for the Holy Spirit, who has revealed the source of purity. That leads me to this. Hope purifies. Hope purifies. I'm going to read from 1 John 3, 1 to 3. You can pause if you need to open to that location. 1 John 3, 1 through 3. It says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we will be like him because we shall see him as he is, and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everything we do in obedience to God, in good response to Jesus Christ, all of that is pointed toward a perfectly worthy result, heaven. 
the spiritual hygiene God enables us to have while we're here renders us fit in Christ to be with God there in heaven forever. As I rely on what God has given to keep myself pure, I have this aim, this future, this hope. It says, when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. This all sounds so good. But there is that nagging question, what if I slip up? What if I'm tempted and I sin? You can be clean. You can be cleansed only by the blood of Christ when you slip up. I'm reading 1 John 1 verse 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. But let's keep reading. 1 John 1, 8 through 10. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So are you worried about being guilty of sin? Listen again. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And listen to Paul in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Spiritual hygiene. That's what we've been studying. To conclude, may I take us to Psalms 24, beginning with verse 3. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Most of what I've said in this sermon is captured in this psalm. The necessity of clean hands and inside a pure heart, seeking to be blessed by God, knowing that righteousness is not a self-attained benefit. It comes from God to us through the activity of our faith in Christ. We can clean our lives up because of who Jesus is and what he did, but there must be a response. What is your response to what we've studied? Thank you for listening.